Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Fatback 4. It is the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gavin with me tonight. I have got Shawnee, Emmett, and Keith. Loads to get through. Liverpool are what? two weeks just over two weeks away from being back they did play a friendly today which is a glorified training session we won't touch on that too much but we are going to talk about Joe Bellingham we're going to talk about FSG we're going to talk about Luis Diaz and anything else that comes up in the chat as well uh lads you're all very very welcome Shawnee how was your weekend have the Christmas party started oh stop I already hate December yeah <laughs> I had two in a row. I had me walk one on, on Friday and then I was catching up with friends last night and I'm not talking about the programme. I'm talking about my mates. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm just not able for that anymore. I was absolutely bollocksed. I am bollocksed, but we soldiered on. I literally had to be woke up at, at five to ten. At five to ten? <laughs> Tonight? Yeah. Fuck's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, so was it an eventful weekend then? Yeah, you could say that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Good stuff. So you're having a nice time. Good stuff. Keith, you haven't been well. Are you feeling any no. better? Little bit's getting there. It's just a dose of the flu going around. It's knocked the bollocks out of me. Yeah. Absolute blading pole axe. I've never been as sick in my life. Um but yeah, getting there slowly but surely. Okay, nice. Emma, how have you been? Yeah, good. I'm literally. I'm, I'm, well, right I'm, down here. I'm, I'm, I'm too, well, I'm only. I'm only in the door about ten minutes from Belfast. I was up in Belfast. Went up to the Christmas markets today. Avoid like the plague on a Sunday. That bad. It's just absolutely. Well, oh, Belfast are the Christmas markets in general. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, uh, no. Belfast is nice. The Christmas, mar- it Christmas is market. It's like, just yeah. absolutely. Ran- I mean, like. You're walking along and you see something and you stop to turn and look and you're kind of being hit in the back by people that are walking behind you. Just, just avoid it on a Sunday. Go up on it, take a, the day off, work on a Tuesday and go up or something. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, no, it was a good day. Good day. Um, Kevin Sullivan says the Logie is definitely doing the rounds. I'm, I'm dying. And my daughter's not well. My wife's not well. The son is grand. He's buzzing around the place, wrecking everyone's head while we're trying to be sick. But um, listen, let's get into it, Liverpool. I want us to kick off with Luis Diaz because Luis Diaz, of course, travelled with Liverpool to Dubai um, for some warm weather training, I suppose, before we get back into the league on the 26th. And... You know, he's training for a couple of days and it comes out then that he's had a setback. He's gone back to uh, Liverpool to be assessed again. Shawnee, a couple of things on this, and I'll let the lads jump in as well, but a couple of things on this. One, it's a big miss. Two, I've seen people call him for a signing to be made in January because of the situation with him and Jota. And um, a, lot of, a few people as well saying, look, have we, roughed, have we rushed him back? Have we made the wrong decision on this? Not getting surgery in the first place. Where do you stand on it? We don't know, Gav. Uh, to be honest with you, like when you you kind of take these things as they come, but for this move, this is kind of been a an underlying story of our season in terms of injuries. Like it seems to be like a revolving door. We get a couple of lads back, and then there's there's two more out. So we it's kind of just scooping water out of the boat, isn't it? Really, um, it just hasn't been a year in terms of injuries. It's it's, it's been pretty unlucky. Um, I believe the injury is not related to the initial one. If I if I read I think I read that somewhere that it's not got it's not a reoccurrence of the injury, it's something else. Um it, it was one it, probably the ligament in the other knee. So it's probably just on luck. Uh everyone everyone I believe dog has the has opinions. Like the best doctors and the best managers are, are sitting at the bars are, are are online on Twitter giving their opinion, which is fair enough, but you just shouldn't take any of it really seriously because none of us really know, you know what I mean? It's like uh, these these, bo- these body language and, and lip readers and, and Henderson was, had allegedly abused Gabriel um, while coming out in force and now we have a fucking Dr. Nick Riviere is all over the timeline telling us exactly what a medical department shouldn't be shouldn't do and X amount of people are leaving. So look, it, it Look, it's short news. Um, it would have been nice to have him back after the break. Um, it looks like it's going to be March, with Jota missing as well. You might see them dipping into the market. I don't know. We Look, if we learn thing, one thing about Liverpool and this recruitment team is that they tend not to buy in these situations. And if they do, it's normally a player that we shouldn't have bought, a la uh, Ben Davies or a Kabak or, a, or an Arthur. Uh, if we're gonna to go to nearer in the past, so look, I don't know. I'm kind of in the category now where, like, I'm starting to kind of write this season off now in my head with, with just how it's played out. Now, that's not to say we can go out and have a good, strong second half of the season, but I just I feel like injuries have hampered us to the point where we sh- we we it's gonna to be tough for us to meet our targets. I think. And when I say targets, I mean win trophies. I still think we can do where uh, we can make top four handy because look at Arsenal. Jesus is out for three months. There's still players dropping like flies at the World Cup. Um, there's going to be lads coming back after being rushed back from the World Cup who are going to be picking up knee injuries. So, look, there's just there's so much uncertainty around Liverpool at the moment in terms of who's going to be buying the players, who's going to be owning the club. I don't know. Well, we could have an a new owner or investment announced in the next six weeks. That means there is a bit of a bumper in the window. We we I've no idea to be honest with you, Gav. Uh, 
it's just shit news. It's unfortunate for Diaz because uh, it was a player that I felt would really make a difference to us, especially in that in that, those Real Madrid games, which is the ones that we should be kind of looking at now. Um, Keith, you know, there has been a, a little bit about Luis Diaz and, you know, I I had I had um not an argument, a discussion I suppose on Twitter with someone yesterday who was just completely pissed off with Liverpool's medical department. Um was basically saying, Look, the players being rushed back, um, they're making the wrong decisions, this, that and the other and you know, my argument to it was look, it's not only Liverpool that do this, like Liverpool will have people outside of the club assessing Luis Diaz, like he's he's a massive asset to them. Um, you know, the a decision on surgery or no surgery wouldn't have been made by Liverpool Football Club, it would have been made by a surgeon who would have probably looked at it. Um but the rights are wrong of a Keith. You know, Shawnee's talking about a second half of the season where he can be strong and maybe win a trophy or he, he doesn't know. But does that mean that Liverpool have to go out and sign somebody? Because my argument behind it all is, yeah, we're, we're a little bit short um, up front with those injuries to him and Jota, and you mightn't see both till probably February um, or March. But who are you going to sign that can come in, be better than what we have, right? And, and make part of this squad over the next year, two, three years, because you're not going to get someone better as a short-term fix, are you? No, so... The only alternative is you bring forward a player that you might have looked to do in the summer, but who who's that player? Do you know what I mean? Like who is it? I don't know. Um is it I suppose did Bobby get an extension or just talk of a Bobby extension, isn't there? So maybe they're not gonna look to replace him. Um I don't know. This Wilfred Zaha talk is coming out you know, I just don't know what they're gonna do because Shawnee touched on it there, you know, we don't want a Ben Davis or an Ozan Kabak or an Arthur Mello. We have to get back to making the right signings, the smart signings, and, you know, I just don't know where this one is going to come from. And we can all lash names into the hat. Cody Gakbo Cody gets a lot of mention. Don't know if he's the right one. Kev O'Sullivan saying Mohamed Kudus. I don't know, like, I don't know where, what these options will be. Like, this, again, we're just plucking these names out. Are the targets, are the club interested? Who knows? But the reality is we're going into the second half of the season now, and as Shani said, the big Real Madrid games would have been nice to have options in that game. We don't have them as it stands, so maybe the club do need to do something because Mo Salah, Darwin Nunes and Roberto Firmino, that's it. Fabio Carvalho, I suppose, is an option in games where maybe not the Real Madrid game, but in league games that you can bring him in. But the reality is, and I, look, I'll say this half in jest, but half in reality is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is our is our answer. You know what I mean? Like Alex, he's going to be the one that we're told is the like a new signing, and Naby Keita can play on the left side of a front three, so he's going to be like a new. So this is what's going to happen. Like this is what's Naby going Keita to happen. play football. He came made a comeback today. He done well, yeah. Thirty minutes, fair play. But this is what's going to be given. This is what's going to be spelled out as being um, the the uh, the options for the rest of the season. And this is why. There you go. Holy Jesus! <laughs> That's one of them boys, is it? That you do, and then you're like, oh, I regret that instantly. He's sending that to me by Chris Kendall. <laughs> 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 but it's it's you know the, the reality is I think that Jurgen Klopp whether fans like it or not 
Jürgen Klopp would probably rather just go with what he has and use the players that are there, whether we like it or not. Klopp, if history tells us anything, it's that Jürgen Klopp will see more in the likes of Ox and Keita than we will as fans. And <clears throat> I think if the right player isn't available, I can't see a short-term fix. I can't see who the big money signing is. Kev Ball, Gakbo, Gakbo will be 50 to 60. And you know they're going to be all over him as well, aren't they? So, yeah. you know, I'd it's... Rather- I'd rather give that dog lad a few games yeah. than spend money, to be honest but with see, you. But that, see, that's exactly it, like, because... And, uh, people turn around and say he's too young. I don't care. You can't tell me he's too young. Look at some of the players performing at the World Cup. From what I've seen, a dog... But it's, part of, it's part of giving dog exactly. Johnny a chance, in your mind. Does that bleed into where you're saying, like, you might, you're partially writing off the season in your own mind? So the, the idea yeah, of bringing dog in is kind of part of that? Yeah, 100%, because you need to kind of, you need to look at it right. Wilfred Zaha, like I get it, I think he's a good player. I think he's always been priced out of me of Palace, and it looks like he's running down his contract. So I think that just might be kind of a link of convenience, you know what I mean? It's He's a low-hanging fruit at the moment with the, with the media, because they know there's like, there's, there's so much, there's so little room to move uh, with, with Zaha in terms of, is he going to sign a contract, which it doesn't look like it. So it's easier to link with us. Like, I'd rather give Doak a chance than go buying a fella off a win coming off the back of a World Cup. Yeah. Um, especially the likes of man, uh, Gagbo. Like, people say in the chat they're relying. No, we're not relying. On, we won't, wouldn't be yeah. relying on Doak. Like, it's not that we'd be relying on Doak. He'd be playing minutes. That's, that's all he'd be doing. You need to kind of look at it. A 16-year-old to get his top four. Look, listen. No one's saying that. What's your answer? Because you, you can't turn around and go, because we don't know what the story is yet with investment. You can't go around splurging 100 million in this upcoming window. When you, we need a midfielder before we need a forward. I'll say that first. All right? we, we need a midfielder before we need a forward. So I drop that. I, I wouldn't be going near the forward until there's a midfielder in the door that we need to play. And the thing is, if you're going to explode 60 million and that hampers your ability to sign a Bellingham in the summer, you'll be pissing your knickers then in in, in the summer when the, the money's not there. Now, look, the fucking, the, the whole situation could be completely different come the summer, but it, it's clear as day that all Liverpool legs are in a Joe Bellingham shaped basket and they have been for some time. And we're obviously going to get on to that. But yeah. that, that is going to affect what we can and can't do in the upcoming window. And if you don't like that, that's just that's the way it well, is. Emma, it's just a case of like we're overreading into this because the, the players were just going to have to grin and bear it for six, six, between six and ten weeks between Jota and... Um, Luis Diaz yes. and that there's an awful lot of football in there but is it just a case <clears> of Liverpool are going to go with Darwin down the left Bobby up front Salah on the right and play them as much as you can rest them where you can if you're winning in games and that's just going to have to be the outlook because we're going to get on to the January transfer window in a minute and one player in particular and then the owners as to what's going on but like we're going on about midfield 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 something's happened here but these players these two players are going to come back is it just a case of we're just going to see more of the same um, up front because Luis Diaz wasn't in the frame from early October 
Jota the same. You know, well, Jota was back for a bit and then he went and then he lost out in the World Cup. But are we just going to see much of the same going forward as what we've seen, you know, pre World Cup? Yeah, I, I, I think this, the hysteria, <clears throat> excuse me, the hysteria around this now is because of the whole club club being sold kind of stuff and then not having a doctor. And like you see this stuff on, on Twitter, like you'd swear we didn't have a medical department. You'd swear Caroline from the canteen was doing physio on Diaz, slapped him on the arse and told him off. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Waving for this over his knee. There's a medical <laughs> team that just isn't a club doc, like a, a figurehead as being the club doctor. Um, but Shawnee's right. Um, and what Keith said as well, we need a mid. Before we do anything, we need a midfielder. There's, there's different parts of the pitch that need attention before uh, the, uh, the front players. Um, and I think midfielder has to be the main target in January. Maybe not the big one in January, but we don't just need one. We probably need three or four, yeah. if we're being perfectly honest, because you're going to get Ox is going to be gone, Naby's going to be gone, Milner probably won't stay on next year. So it's not just one or two midfielders we need. We need, we need three or four. But that has to be the, the priority in January. Um, do we go on with what we have? It'll be tough because, look, Bobby's not, uh, is picking up injuries uh, more recently as well. He's been in great form this season. Yeah, Nunes can do it down the left, but you're kind of left with just the three of them. And look, Carvalho's still a little bit young. Um I don't know, Keith kind of mentioned it, do we kind of, like last January we fast-tracked Diaz because we knew Mane was going, well, he was going to replace him in the summer, um, but we decided to fast-track it because of interest of others. Do we have a long-term target that we see replacing Bobby? And do we maybe fast-track that? So not a stopgap, someone that's actually going to come in and be be there long-term. Who that is, I have no idea, but I definitely see a sort of midfielder before. Well, Arthur's going to be a brand new signing, isn't he, next month? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, I think we'll we'll see a midfielder before we see a forward. Yeah, and listen, I, like when the likes of Arthur Mello's name comes up, people sneer at it and stuff like that. Arthur Mello's a good player. You just can't stay fit. You know, yeah. if, if, if you told me, and if you told me Arthur Mello's going to rock, rock up in the middle of January fit, and he's going to be fit till May, I'm 100% fine with that and him getting minutes for Liverpool. I'm not saying he's the answer to everything, but Arthur Mello was a really good player. You don't play for Juventus Barcelona, I think he's played two clubs he's played for, yeah. without being a really fucking good player. Um, it's just the fact that he's in that same bracket as others where they're unreliable. You can't get a run of games and Liverpool are just so disjointed in midfield week on week because they're not reliable. Um, but look, I think you've all touched on kind of you know, for, if there's something that we're looking for in the summer or maybe something becomes available. You know, Kev's mentioned, um, I think your man plays for Royax, doesn't he? The guy Kev has mentioned. It, maybe if maybe if that's in, they could look at something like that and yeah, you, you fast track something where it's Firmino's replacement. Firmino's being rumoured to be signing a new contract, so that doesn't really fit with a timeline, but circumstance might change that. Um, but I can't see it happening. And I completely understand there's people in the chat and they're, they're frustrated by the fact that, look, they're going to gamble again. They're going to try to get top four again. Now, gam- the gamble paid off going to the last time, but it was very fucking rocky. But moving into January, right? Um, and I wanted, to, there's three kind of things to this. The January market, Joe Bellingham, okay? And then FSG, because I was talking to Shani the other night about this and I was saying, Shani, 
if 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 they do sign Jude Bellingham, what does it do for FSG? And what I mean by that is, is it a parting gift from FSG? Is it something happening where FSG just happened to own the club while it's happening, but it's actually, you know, new owners are, are, are the push behind all this? And what does it do for the rest of the players we need? We were having this discussion the other night, and I'll leave Sean to last because we were talking about it. But Keith, Jude Bellingham, okay? We've yeah. seen all the stuff around... Trent is in his like literally a shadow, um, or he's Trent's shadow, whatever way you want to put it. There's plenty of quotes going around about how Jordan Henderson has looked after him um, during the World Cup. There's loads of video f- photos and everything else like that. You did have um, the German journalist, um, oh, he was on the Anfield rap, I can't remember his CF name. CF Uh Yeah, at CF Bayern. What's his name? Christian Falk. Christian Falk. Christian Falk. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um we, we did have him do an interview where he's saying, look, Liverpool are very far down the line with this. They're working very hard on it. and um, They feel like they're very close and, and stuff like that. But Keith, what's your feeling on it? Because a lot of people are saying no smoke without fire. And, and my kind of thing behind it is that Jordan Henderson and Trent will look like fucking idiots if he signs for Man City and these two have been sitting on his fucking lap for um, the last three weeks or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, look, I, it's been the biggest... Um, PR um, attack by Liverpool that I can remember. I've never seen Ant like it, to be honest. And I think Gary Neville mentioned it, didn't he, on a thing last week about how he used to deal with the United players, he used to deal with on England duty. They played and harassed these fellas. It was it. Gary said, Neville, of course, who done it on Man City's really? behalf for Harry Kane, if you yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's it's to me, right, the, the thing we take from this, every link besides Liverpool that's coming up about Joe Bellingham doesn't really have any minerals to it at all and it doesn't have any staying power they're just sort of like sound bites that are getting thrown out whereas the liverpool talk like, like a bit of an insurance like, thing isn't it oh someone else is working hard in the background yeah, do, like yeah. do you remember tiago when liverpool were going over tiago and and there was weeks of rumor about oh liverpool are from oh but man you know you're gonna make a bid and they're like yeah but that's shite because it's just coming and it's going as quick as it's been there whereas the liverpool links were solid 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 i think the bellingham thing is done I think it's an open secret. I don't think it'll be in January. I think it'll be in the summer. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if they announced it in January that the date that a deal is being done because this is just ridiculous. How Jude every every video and picture he's with Trent and Hendo, every fucking one of them. I've never seen it from a Liverpool perspective like this. And you're right. If he signs for Man City, the two of them can fuck off and find a new club. You know because this has just been absolute. Blitzkrieg from them that they've just bombarded this fella and and look Joe Bellingham he's a, he's a sensible lad he's, he's got his head screwed on the stuff you're hearing about him it speaks very well it speaks very well he's very mature mm. for a 19 year old yeah. on the pitch I don't know what he's like off the pitch but he does speak very off the well pitch, he speaks very well on the pitch yeah. he was losing it a bit last night and I had no problem with it he was kind of trying to kind of g everyone up a little he's bit he's trying to be a leader he's 19 yeah, bit, you know yeah. what I mean and, and that's the thing like he's he's absolutely uh like, everything we're hearing is Liverpool. And look, we're all just worried that it's not Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? I think we're all just programmed to get blamed burnt on this one, that it's not going to be Liverpool, that they're not going to pay the money. I think FSG are going to pay the money. I think it's going to be a stupid amount of money. It's going to be too much money. But only time will tell whether that's a good deal or not. But I think Liverpool are going to sign Joe Bellingham. I don't think it's going to be in January. I think it's going to be um, an absolutely huge transfer. And I think it's going to be one of the a transformative one along the lines of Allison and Van Dijk. But 
I don't think it's going to happen in January. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to come into our team in, in January. And I think you're hearing all the talk as well that Bellingham's going to ask for a move as well. Like everything you're hearing about this just is pointing. Like you need to look at, compare it, right? So, like the, the Dortmund, the conveyor belt goes on, but compare it to this time last year, what was going on with Haaland. We yeah. knew how much his dad wanted. We knew how much his father wanted. And we knew what sort of wages it would command to get him. Yeah. You haven't heard anything like that from the Bellingham camp because it's not about money. Yeah. Like, we we all knew exactly what it was going to take to get Erling Haaland. And it, it was literally just made clear that there's only two or three teams in the world who are going to pay what they need. We haven't heard anything from that. It's being vehemently delighted that he even has an agent. It turns out he hasn't got an agent. His, his, his dad looks after the deal. We, we heard what happened with his dad and Ed Woodward at Manchester United. You heard that the Dortmund director last week saying that, yeah, obviously we still have a very good relationship with, uh, with, with Jorgen. And if Jude is to go to England, we do see Liverpool as the best destination for him. And he said that on video. Well, I'm not paraphrasing he said this on video. So you'd have to be led to believe that Klopp's been on here to his family. And you need to, there's been other videos of Bellingham turning around going, like, what's money gonna do? Like the like I'll always have enough money to put a new car in the driveway, I buy a, a nice house, but he, and he says it was Watske who was the, the director, he said something that stuck with him. He says it's it's how people see you when you leave the emotion the effect that you see you have on people that like you had an impact and and legacy is very important to him but like I, I know for a fact Joe Bellingham backs himself to the fucking hilt to be one of the best midfield players England has ever produced he'll back himself um, to, to take Gerard's number and move forward like it, it is what it is like I don't like the idea that people like it. Don't put it put it this way. He's not coming to Liverpool to play with fucking buttons. But you could be no. guaranteed. No, exactly, it's not, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's getting exactly he's like get a big Van Dijk, chunk of money. Virgil Van Dijk could have signed for four other clubs in England. I reckon that would have paid him double of what Liverpool would have. And you ask Van Dijk now, you're happy with your mouth. Yeah. I'd say you know, he said yeah. Allison, Allison in the very same boat. So. I'd say Bellingham sees himself sees a, a, a position there to, to put himself in folklore for one of the biggest clubs in England. Um, and do you know what? Only for previously, you know, it had been a fucking shit show. I reckon they would have been another club who may have been in the, in the running. Because they, they were originally had him walking around Carrington. But it, it, that Woodward fella absolutely fucking blew it. He blew it. And he's gone to Dortmund and it looks like that's done. And you need to think as well, none of this is really coming out from Liverpool's side. A lot of this is from German journalists. The exact same way it was with Thiago. The exact same way it was with Thiago. So I think Liverpool are kind of controlling the narrative here. Dortmund don't strike me as the type of, type of uh, club that would say, right, we're going to put this up here for some sort of uh, a bit of more to ensue. Because they will have named that price. You know what I mean? They will have named that price exactly the same way they did with with, with Sancho. Haaland had a buyout, but they, they named that price for Chan, Sancho, 
and it took you know you two years to cop up and he didn't budge. I'd imagine that uh they've named that price and Liverpool will have negotiated that to an extent. The only thing that really changes it is if all of a sudden City come out with a fucking three, four hundred grand a week and Bellingham fancies it. But from what we can see and what we've seen so far, it it, do, it doesn't look like that's gonna do for him. Um and that and that's like I said, he's not gonna come to Liverpool and play with play with our buttons, but he could be like this could this would be another watershed moment in the history of our club. I mean it when I say that. That's how good this kid is. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, and Bellingham will probably have it in his head. I could play at Liverpool for six, seven years and win everything. And, and Madrid will still want me. Mm-hmm. I can go and play in Madrid when I'm 26, 27, and I can go there. And Madrid will still want me. Well, and, and, the... and you know what? If he does come along, and he does come along, and he does win stuff, it's fucking highly likely that he will look to move because he seems like a motivated lad. You seen him there last night, that whole, he's a competitor. He's a, he's, a, he's a competitor. And I'd imagine Klopp, not sold a dream, I'd imagine Klopp has gone to his father and, and his representatives and told him, look, listen, if you're looking for the best place to develop your career outside Borussia Dortmund for the next five, six years, I can't sell Liverpool anymore to you because you need to know that. It's as simple as that. If he goes to Madrid, he'd be just another one languishing in a pool of fucking superstars. And look, it's not obviously a bad thing. You've seen too many last night. He's a brilliant player. He is a brilliant player. Camavinga there. I'd imagine it's just going to be a matter now of, of Liverpool financing this deal and dotting the fucking... But, but Sean, you, 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 you say financing the deal, right? It's not like it's a big secret and Dortmund are going to open an envelope at some stage. You go, oh, this is what we want. Everyone on no, the fucking street they, knows what he wants. So Liverpool... If Liverpool do want Joe Bellingham, it's not like they're going to be go and um, put all this walk in and the walk up and then go. Oh, we're really surprised for that prize there. No, Emma, what do you make of this? Do you do you see it happening? Because I'm a bit. I give my I give my thoughts in a minute. I can't unless Dortmund have lined up two or three players, which they usually do. You know the usual. They're going to Dortmund in the summer, and that might this might have been happened already. There might be a couple of names out there, Emma. But is it just a case of this? You know very badly kept secret will be very badly kept until the end of the season and then he'll be announced as a Liverpool player where do you sit with it? I think I think you could see um, an in principle uh, statement made in January Okay. Uh, to say that there's an agreement in place um, <clears throat> I don't uh, everybody's talking about 150 million and so, I see it still being between 100 to 120 I know that's still an awful lot of money I read an article there not so long ago and it said that Dortmund were, con- were continually trying to get him to renegotiate his deal so that they could put in a 150 million release clause, yeah. euro, in, in his deal. Yeah. So, like, they they're out, they obviously up till then were panicking about what price he was actually going to go for. Yeah. So, I don't think it's going to be the price that every, it's going to be a hell of a lot of money. And he's well worth it, by the way. Um. I don't see him going for the, the 150 that everybody's spouting, but I see it maybe happening, like he said, announced in. He won't be beside a Christmas tree like Van Dijk holding a Liverpool jersey, but there'll be some sort of statement made coming up to the transfer window that a, a deal is agreed in principle. Bear in mind as well that we're all saying that we've seen these pictures of Hendo and Trent with him. 
these journalists could have just chosen to release those photographs. They may have loads of other photographs with them with other England players or Foden or whatever. They these these will release these pictures to push a narrative as well and yeah. clicks and likes, etc. But um, but the thing oh, is, I think it's there's too much, like Keith said, there's too the much. Luke Shaw, the Luke Shaw interview is very telling. Yeah, the Luke Shaw thing is, but but you see that's what that's what I was gonna say, Shawnee. If it, they could be just releasing those to, to make it happen but then if they had any sense they'd wait 48 hours and then release another load of photos with him fucking holding hands walking down the street with you with, with phil Foden. do you know what i mean i call it walker giving him a jockey back or something and then you get the double clicks on top of that you have two clubs fan bases going absolutely mad but that's not really happened sean he's right though um the, the luke shaw thing i'll let i'll let him tell you about it in a minute for me though i felt for a little while that his destination is known all right. I'm not saying it's Liverpool or anywhere else. I'm not. I'm not predicting where it is. I feel like it's known, possibly since last summer. I think he was given. He's given Dortmund another year where they're probably going to hit that peak of value because he's two years left. Maybe with an option to extend, but Dortmund know they're never going to hold on to him forever. This thrown into the mix makes you feel like Liverpool are working so hard, now. and maybe Henderson and Trent know it all in the background. Listen, he's our player. And we're going to look after him. We're going to we're going to show him in advance as to how he's going to get looked after at Liverpool. Um, Shawnee, the Luke Shaw thing though, you know he speaks about it, and he's a Manchester United player speaking about it. So it's not like it's a and Connor Cody's done a few bits as well. So you have Everton and United players, Shawnee, basically more or less telling you that Joe Bellingham just sits with the Liverpool lads. And you need a, another thing as well, Henry Winter. Let the cat out of the bag as well. Yeah. About three 100%. months ago, if you didn't remember. Yes. And he, Hank Winter is fucking basically, he's the MI5 of the FA. Do you know what I mean? He hangs around in there and he gets all the information. And it looked like a complete Freudian slip like that. He came out and said, Oh, I look forward to seeing Bellingham at Liverpool next year. And then they asked him, like, What's that opinion? And he just went radio silent. Like, he didn't say, Oh, that's where I think he ended up. He kind of, he did say that. But, Luke Shaw is saying that it, it, it's not a case of Hendo and, and Trent kind of sticking to him. He said he saw Bellingham kind of not leeching from Hendo, but you could see he was closely observing what he does in the morning, what he does in the in lunch, what he does before games, what he does after games. Picking up everything, saying that for a young player at 19 years of age to be so... So invested in himself and his own his his own development that he said you can't really pick a better player than Jordan Henderson to be kind of to be taking that from. So and that was on Talksport, that was Luke Shaw saying that. So look I think it's gonna to get to a stage that even in Spain they kinda of resigned to him signing by Liverpool. It said that Madrid are working on deals for uh, Guardiola. Um, from Leipzig and the, the lad, and the lad from Brazil, which are going to cost a lot of money, um, and they don't really see midfield as a as as a, like something sort of like a, a priority area. Hmm. So, look, it could be, the way it works in football is Diamond. When people come to talk to Diamond, they would say, "Look, this is already sort of tied up." The way it was with. Van Dijk, the United in the eleventh hour, rush to get Van Dijk and Southampton just saying that ah, it's it's well done, like you know what I mean. So it it looks it looks like it. Obviously, people will put their defenses up and just kind of 
cover your arses by saying this and that and the other. But I just think the irony of it that for the last 10 years, sections of the fan base have crowed and crowed and crowed for Jordan Henderson to be taken out of the team and replaced by a, a, a Jude Bellingham type player. And it's taken a Jordan Henderson type player to really help us manufacture this deal for Bellingham because you're absolutely off your tits if you think Jordan Henderson hasn't done an awful lot of the heavy lifting on this one. Um, I think we are literally the dream scenario for this young lad to come in. And to be honest with you, it'd be the same again. He comes in and operates at the level. And the thing is, he's 19. He's going to get better. I've watched, I've watched loads of him in the World Cup. Just yeah, because... He's, he's, he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I've, I've... He's a midfield Mbappe. He, 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 that's exactly... Well, I've, I've watched loads of them because I, I've openly admitted not watching loads of them at Dortmund. You know, bits and pieces of them. But when I've watched them for England, he just gets around the pitch so easily. You know, he's he's physical, he's strong, he, he's good on the ball, he can dribble, you can see he can score, he scores with a header. Um, the one for Kane's goal against... Senegal. Senegal, where he's just going through the pitch and they're trying to hit, they're trying to hit him, and he's just slaloming people, and then has, still has the sense to give it where it's meant to go. Last night he was everywhere for England. He was trying so hard, and he was getting in referees' faces, which I, which was the most impressive thing for me, by the way. Actually, roaring at referees and really just as a nineteen-year-old, when you looked around, I thought Henderson had a good game, but Royce looked quiet. Walker, Maguire, Maguire had a go at the referee once last night. The ref just went shut up. And McGuire went, oh, I'm really sorry. Whereas right to the end, Bellingham was absolutely in everyone's face. And I loved it. And, you know, you say there that he could come to Liverpool in five, six, six years. He'd be whatever age and Madrid will still want him. I actually see Jude Bellingham as turning up at Liverpool. And yes, he could be offered more money at City, um, at Real Madrid, at PSG, at Newcastle if they wanted to throw mega money at him. But I think he looks at Liverpool, and this is where it comes down to, he sees himself, I think, as the next Steven Gerrard at Liverpool. 19, coming in, loads of experience, actually more experience than Gerrard had at that age, coming in and going, I'm in this midfield. And he, and he loves Jordan Henderson, don't get me wrong, but he's probably looking there going, I'm taking over from him. And the other fellow on the other side, Thiago, I'm going to take over from him as well. And he's going to be the fulcrum for this team. And he, players get two, three massive moves, some of them, in, in their career. But I, I actually see this as a big move for Jude Bellingham where you could be sitting here in 10 years' time. He's 29 years of age and you're going, he's won everything for Liverpool. He's played fucking 500, 600 games with him. And he just, he's, you're literally trying to rank him in the top 10 players of Liverpool of all time. That's how highly I think he's rated. And that's where, for me, he sees himself. He, he looks... He doesn't see himself as... Haaland sees himself as a stepping stone from City and I think he'd end up at Madrid. That's what I think. But for this just feels a bit different. And maybe that's me with me Liverpool bias on. But just the way he speaks and the way things are coming out, I think if he signs for Liverpool, I don't. I could genuinely see him spend the rest of his career at Liverpool. I don't think it'll be announced in January unless Dortmund are walking in the background and have two or three deals in place for the summer where they're not going to get fleeced because if Dortmund are walking around with 100 million plus in their pocket, they're not going to be picking up the deals that they used to pick up. Do you get me? Um, that they have. If we can't that. get Bellingham, we should be looking at the guy who Dortmund are trying to get to replace him. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we should be doing. Look, listen, I, I'd say, the last thing I'll say on Bellingham is, I think at this stage now, wherever he ends up, 
I think I wouldn't begrudge him a move to anyone else because we we we've seen now that this this move will be completely determined by it'll be a football and decision made on his behalf, and it will be. I think it'll be made in his best interest, uh, wherever he ends up. So, yeah. let's just say I, I, I just hope, I really do hope, is it's it's Liverpool because uh, there's really been a footballer that's kind of captivated me at 19. The way that, and the other one is Mbappe, who we've yeah. been linked to for forever, but there was never really anything solid. But this, this does really seem like that it, it's concrete. And it had look, you need to realize it hasn't been denied yet by anyone either. Yeah, that's the key, and that's yeah. another thing. It's not been denied yet, and I don't think it's a case of people being left out in the cold. I think it's just the sort of thing um, where Dortmund, the player, and Liverpool will be like, "We'll tell you what's happening when we're ready to tell you what's happening." Uh, and let's see. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm I'm very optimistic about this. So am I, because, I've, like I've said, I've believed for a while that his destination is known. I just don't know what the destination is. But the the most evidence, uh, with little or no denial from anyone, um, is being thrown at Liverpool, and, and there's just no there's no, there's no no fight back on that. Uh, Keith, you know, we'll probably do some show closer to the end of the year where we look at January. Um, because Liverpool probably will need to make a sign or two, and we've discussed Luis Diaz and Jota and the injuries there. And you know, even Bellingham aside, we probably need to sign a midfielder anyway. But where does this all leave FSG? Because they're not known to go out and do this very often. Like seventy-five on Van Dijk, seventy on, on Allison. This will top both of them by the looks of it. Um, where does it leave them, Keith? Is it is it a change in in outlook? Is it a change in in the way they want to do things? Do they do they recognise that? Listen, we want this player. It's going to cost us this much. We're, we're going to have to change in tact because, or have a change in tact because, with the way midfield is, the age profile of it, the the reliability of it. Does this sound like to you like they're changing what they're trying to do, or is this a precursor for FSG won't be at this club very much longer? Or an investment partial is coming in as well, like because you can make arguments for all of them. It's, I think it's, I think it's really uh, interesting as to where it puts the ownership of the club. This transfer on its own, by the way. Yeah, it's it's an unusual one because I don't know which way the FSG thing is going to go. Because are they going to sell the club? I thought they were. Now I'm leaning more to an investment, and I think this is just FSG investing in the squad that's been let go too long. Now, I firmly believe, and I'll put my hand on my heart and say it, I think this deal was agreed in the summer. I think everything that's come out about this Bellingham thing, this is agreed, and Dortmund just said, look, I'm not going to do business now. I watched the thing on Amazon, I wanted them inside Dortmund, and it was... Jaden Sancho and it was all about Man United can come and bid all they want we are not selling this player this year end of story and I think it's a similar thing that are happening here with Joe Bellingham I think this deal is done I think it's going to be done for about 80 million I think the prices are great I think everything is done on this and it'll be announced FSG does it change anything with FSG I don't know I think you know people people always say oh I'm an FSG apologist and all 
FSG sell Liverpool, I'm not going to be following them to see how they're getting on. I'm not going to be asking after them. Couldn't give a shiny shine about What about, about your them. FSG scarf, though? What would you do with that? It's going on eBay, but right. however. Okay. Um, but, but, they've been good owners. I think they're going to pump the money in to do this. And if they do look to sell, they're just adding to their investment. Do you know what I mean? So you can see why they're going to do it. It makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's it, how. What do we need to do? We need to improve the playing squad. We have a great playing squad, but they've all started to hit the wall at the same time, falling off a cliff a bit, and it needs to be refreshed and replenished. Where does it need to be doing that? In the midfield, fucking Stevie Wonder can tell you the midfield needs to be upgraded. So what are they being linked with? The best in class. They're being linked with the best young player, the best prospect most of us have seen. Do you know what I mean? We can rattle through the best young midfielders in the world, and we've spoke about them all already. Pedri, Gavi, uh, Musiala. Bellingham's better than them all. Do you know what I mean? And and this is one Liverpool have a chance of getting. We've said it here on this show. This could be a transformative deal, and I think it does go ahead. But I don't think FSG are stupid. People think FSG are stupid. They're not. They're very smart. They've been a bit tight with money. They could have maybe, you know, released a few more quid at times when needed. But if they see this opportunity, whether they're going to sell the club or not, there's no reason why they won't. If this can happen, there's no reason why they won't make it happen. Because they're not stupid. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to try and sell a club that's on the way down. Do you know what I mean? These are going to look to, they're going to, look to um, protect their investment. They're going to look to protect their asset. And they're going to do the best thing to improve that. And Joe Bellingham is that. And not only Joe Bellingham, huge links to other players. Like, huge links to Enzo Fernandez coming out of Portugal that are coming from the same people that were breaking the Diaz and the... Darwin okay, Nunes. But, but, but Keith, Joe Bellingham, you're, you're settling on the summer, right? That's fine because Dortmund are still in the Champions League, aren't they? Um, and they're not going to let him go during January when they when have a Champions League. That might start up possibly February, I think. Um, is it February? Dortmund are still in there, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And I think it starts in February, doesn't it? Um, I think... I think there's like, I, do you know what? But it's, sorry, I was going to ask, is Fernandez one where you go? That might be January because we. No forget, way. But, no but way. Figa are still in it as well, aren't they? So? But, yeah, but no, for, no okay, so that's fine. So listen. They're going to want to. We're not going to wait until the Fernandez summer for two of them, are we? Expensive as Bellingham. Yeah, Fernandez would be huge. 200 yeah. million buyout clause, but the talk that uh, uh, the deal isn't practically agreed for this fella. But that'll be a summer as well. The, you're looking at all so the, the players that have been summer to do all this. Is that what we're saying? See, that's what I think I, they're going to do. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a feeling this season has been written off by the board. And I'm not yeah. even joking you. I swear I, on me yeah. life. I, I don't even think finishing outside the top four is... They, I don't think they give up bollocks. Billy Hogan already said it. They have the plans already in place if they finish outside the top four. I don't think it's going to be detrimental at all to them, yeah. to their income. It might hurt the books, but who knows? They might they know way more than us in terms of we might have a fucking unlimited play <coughs> basketball league in cash to dip into by the time it comes around. I, I'm being honest with you. I feel that there's been, an, there's been a fucking executive decision made in the terms of the back end of this season. And I think, yeah. I think you're going to see a way more relaxed Jorgen Klopp in the back end of the season because I don't think there's any great pressure on Liverpool to be inside the top four come May. I don't think it's going to hamper Klopp's future. I don't think it's going to hamper the idea of any signings we might bring in. We, we're already getting nuggets out that no Champions League wouldn't affect the Bellingham deal at all because it's it's all got to deal with four. So, so where, does the, where does the, where does the ownership come into this then? Because if FSG, 
this one I'm trying to ask you is uh, where do you see this go going with FSG? Because if if it, if it's so relaxed and we're not going we're not gonna worry about this season and I'll hoard the books and stuff like that. If FSG are looking to sell this club, it's worth X amount now. If they're not in the Champions League, they're gonna take a hit on it. Are they are? No, they I think they will, Johnny. I think they, they won't have us have they, they literally won't because with the new UEFA rules, we'll be back in in 2024. Yeah, well, that's true. You missed, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a fair point. And when you're, when you're, buying, you're buying a club, you're not buying it for a year, they'll be looking at going, Do you know what? We won't be the Champions League money might not be there next year, but you know what? With the UEFA rules, I'd say I reckon it would make sure that it would make it pretty damn hard for us not to be in there. And if we heavily invest in the squad again. In, in the off season, the chances are we'll be back in the top four and anyway. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? Emma. I, I, so sorry, go on, Charlie. That's that's completely opinion, by the way. That's not based on anything. I just have a feeling that the outlook we, we fans take to fans seem to take football in microcosm. They look at everything in microcosm. They look about two months, three months, four months, five months. They be looking at the much bigger picture here. And and, yeah. and there's no future where Liverpool aren't in the Champions League. Not after not. not after next season, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's practically impossible. Yeah, because of the coefficient and and yeah. the you know teams that were good in the, at any stage are allowed in now. But Emma, you know, are we reading too much into this? Is it because people have people have called for you know Liverpool as a, as a club to spend more, go out and spend more, go that extra yard, and and they spent a lot of money. Right, but you have a model where you know you take in, you give out, blah 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 blah. Right, we've said it a million fucking times. Now, don't get me wrong; they could have made so much fucking money in the last year that they go and sign Bellingham, and it's still a case of we brought this in and this is going out, and we're still balancing the books. But where do you see it sitting? Because there's been loads of talk around the full sale. There's been loads of talk around a partial sale, no sale at all. But does this change it for you at all? the talk of up between 100 and 130 million for Bellingham, and we're, we're still sitting here going, lads, you need to do something in January, like, could be a Saicedo for 50 million. You know, this is a definite shift in, in money spent if there's 50 or 60 in January and there's 100 to 130 on one midfielder in June. It's definitely a shift somewhere. But we've, I think we've kind of nearly seen this before. So... When was the new stadium? Well, when was the new stand finished in twenty sixteen? Yeah. We went out. We went out and spent sixty or seventy five million on uh, Van Dijk in the December seventeen. Then in the summer, uh, the summer after, we went out and spent it on Allison. So you kind of we've kind of seen where they've pulled back a little bit on spending. They're building now another stand, which is going to create revenue or an extra seven thousand to start the next season. Yeah. Exactly. So they know that revenue was coming as well. Um, do I see them? I see them selling in some way, shape or form. Um, I probably like he'd lean more so towards a partial sale. Um, I don't think that's going to keep an awful lot of people happy, but it will probably give us a, a bit more of a war chest. I, I saw somebody from this parish put up one of his uh, fishing tweets there the other day saying that there's a, an investment of 1 billion 250 million will go straight into the, the transfer budget and the first reply was is where's the other 750 million no great we're gonna have 250 million it was where's the other 750 million I was like jesus christ people are never happy so no one's ever going to be fully happy but i'm leaning more so towards partial sale with with money uh 
to invest in the squad. I think John had you had one up on screen there a second ago that he feels that maybe somebody isn't going to invest invest money uh, if they're not going to have any kind of say or control over the club. So he sees it either being a full sale or a no sale at all. Um, but I think we do have money. We just haven't spent it over the. I think did we mention before we should have the goods of about three hundred million to spend. They just haven't spent it. So it could be a case of they have. They probably have a roadmap like most businesses, and the stadium, the uh, uh, developing Anfield Road was probably on the roadmap before signing any big name players. Now that's nearly done and dusted, and it will be towards the end of the season. That's probably where they're going to start doling out the money on signings again. Remember, we tried to get too many last summer. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Right. We tried to get too many. It's not but like I don't, there wasn't but I, but I don't there. Think, that I wasn't don't... a Darwin or too many. That was, yeah. we get this midfielder. And I think they had Bellingham lined up. But so this is what I'm saying to you. If you forget Bellingham for a minute, because I don't think I don't think if they went for I don't think if they went for Shoe Many and got him, we'd be sitting here today going, Well, we're not getting Bellingham, should we have Shoe Many, right? So if they don't they don't get Shoe Many, they buy Darwin Nunes, which I think they're gonna do anyway, that's my opinion, because mm. they had to. Manny was leaving and you know, we you needed someone and they got him. Um but he that that still leaves us then with buying that Shoe Many. In January, if you get me. So, can you see? Because Joe Bellingham, heavily linked, right? Enzo from Benfica. Big buyout clause, but having said that, when you go in with a decent amount of money to a Portuguese club, they usually take it, right? Because in about a year, they'll be fucking have tax problems or something. It always seems to be the way in Portugal, right? But you have to do something in January, Keith. You just have to. We, we cannot get through this season. Whether you whether you whether you, whether Sean is writing you're writing it off, but you're still gonna have to do it in the summer anyway. Do you get me? Are we? Are, do you think we wait till the summer and buy two, or do you put something in now and get one and another one comes in? Because I, think I still think three. I I still don't think two was enough. No, three, three is three is the magic number. I think for the midfield, it needs an overhaul. At the end of the day, you know what I mean. And do like. Put it this way, I think Bellingham's a done deal. I've said it. <laughs> People are sick of listening to me saying that now on this show, I'm sure. But I think that's a done deal. Whether Enzo Fernandez is another midfield option, I just said the reports are very strong on him. Whether it's Moise Casado, that could be an option. I don't know. Sofian Amrabat could be the one they do in January. He's the one I think that could be done because he was very close to Spores in the summer. Didn't walk out. Spores are back in for him again. He's on the back of a fucking brilliant World Cup. I think he's one that could move. And he's the type of player that does not transform us at all. He would be, in my opinion, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not a good player. But he'd be the one that you could probably do in January that comes in and relieves Fabinho or rotates with Fabinho to give him a break, to, to use him a bit more sparingly. That's the only thing I can see getting done in the January is a deal like that, if anything, and that that's the only one I can see. I just this, I just can't I just can't see them not doing anything in January. Yeah, man, and Enzo Fernandez, like, what's gonna happen with him? Like his his fucking his his agent is that gangster Mendes, so he's gonna go whoever Wolves. gives Mendes the most money. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, yeah, I just can't, I, I just can't see that. us doing nothing in January because if if Fernandez ends up by City, to be honest, yeah. So but I, if, I, if I everyone, if everyone knows we're signing Bellingham, right? Okay, 
and we don't do anything in January. We're going into the summer knowing we possibly need three midfielders, right? And everyone knows we're fucking spending all this money on Bellingham. Everyone else anyway. wants fucking everyone else wants mad money again. I think Liverpool, if they're working on Bellingham, I'm absolutely like who's arguing with it. But what I'm saying is, is that I I really hope behind all of this that there's another sign and just gonna land early January and go, Well, they've done that as well. It takes the pressure off you playing football for the next six months, but it takes the pressure off you going into another transfer window where you're walking around with a hundred million pound midfielder and people are going, Well you have that. So if you want this, you're gonna to have to pay I'm not saying a hundred million, but you know, the price goes up twenty, thirty percent because people just think they're spending a shitload of money. Um there's quickly, an awful though, lot of players coming to the end of the contracts this summer as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But quickly, right? Just an FSG. Well, that would be brilliant. I'd like him. I don't want your man Amrabat about to stock him. He's, a, he's, a, he's the only one I can see happening. Uh, he's a shy box. Yeah, man, I'm about to shy box. He's, don't he's, he's a good player. He's a high he's energy not, player. He's but I'd rather having a great walk up. He's a fucking yeah. stock and a shy. I'd rather have a Sangari than a than an Amrabat myself. But you know, it'll be interesting it, to see. Every, Everyone telling me how great he is after watching a few Morocco games. Will you get the fucking? He's absolutely shy. <laughs> I wouldn't be going near him honestly. Fiorentina are gonna rinse some for him. Yeah. And I won't be us. Well, just quickly on it, um, just to get your feelings on it. And I'm sure, listen, as I said, we're going to do a look at January probably in two weeks' time um, when we're right in on top of it. But FSG, full sale, no sale, partial sale. Emma, what's your feeling? Partial. Okay. And quickly, or do you think this will drag through? Were they not sold by the end of November, no? They were selling in November, they were selling in December. There's, there, there, um, there's a fucking, I don't know, there's a, a bargain to be had in January, possibly. I, I, I kind of flip-flop on this to, like, I, I still think they'll be involved. In, so, like, a partial sale could still be somebody coming in and being the majority shareholder. And I think somebody, I don't know whether it was, it was another podcast I was listening to, or this podcast, that somebody said that the... FSG and Redboard will want to stick around for the TV money. Um, so you could see a 51-49 or whatever, whatever way you split it. So Jono's point earlier on that somebody comes in and buys a stake within the, the company or within the club it could be a majority share. So yeah. um, partial doesn't mean 10%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could yeah. still be a controlling share. But um, I think it's probably leaning more so towards... FSG having their finger in the pie somewhere along yeah. the line, maybe not a majority stake, although. Yeah, because yeah, and it makes it's a good point because if you sell sixty percent of the club, you know you're getting a shitload of money for it. You keep forty percent, and if the value goes up and Super League's rock in, and remember, Super League will come in of a new owner's back and you're sitting there as a minority you're not getting all the hassle um but that comes in tv deals standard chartered nike whatever it is and in a couple of years time you go well 40 percent was worth 1.2 billion for argument's sake right now it's worth 1.5 do you want to buy the rest of it off you know the sort of way so yeah there's, there's, there's a, yeah there's, the, the I agreement think, that I we think an argument for any of them i think it's an argument for any scenario i just want to see what you think the um, agreement that we signed with uefa to not push on with the Super League was that signed by owners or by the club oh god now you're getting so a that, whole new rabbit hole so, so if we sell 
to a majority that they're not bound by they'd that. Have they to honor that. They'd have to honour that. Oh, they'd have to honour that. Oh, they have to honour that. I'd say so, yeah. They, that'd be just a ble- it's a legal minefield. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you couldn't do that. Anyway, Shawnee, partial sale, full sale, no sale. I think we'll have new uh, majority owners. Yeah. Uh, I don't. There's no way FSG relinquish all of that. That that stock in Liverpool. I think uh, it's way too big of a franchise to have on your. And that's the American word I'm using because this is the way they look at it. It's way too big of a franchise to have in your portfolio. And if you're looking to. I'd say what will happen, purely opinion, I think they'll relinquish the majority shareholder to big investment coming in. I think we'll have a new controlling owner of the club. There will be new owners of the club. FSG will still be in the background there somewhere, just to annoy certain uh, factions of the family. You want to that chat tonight? I think they will, um, I think they'll sell the majority they'll hand over majority ownership to someone else and I can see them investing in the NFL. Uh, that's, I, that's, I think I, the NBA. I think they're going for the NBA. But somebody was telling me on this a couple of weeks ago that um, the likes of an FSG can't invest in NFL. No, that's only with Redboard. Right. So that's the thing. But Redboard owns 10% of FSG. Look, it can be all, it can be all toned out. They, they could just say, you know what? FSG could be looking completely away from altogether. But I'd imagine that's where it is. If if it is that, then it will be definitely the NBA because I don't think Red Bull have any stake in the NBA at all. So yeah. I do have a feeling that we're going to have a um, majority, the BNUM like majority. I can't see FSG. And then what will happen is down the line, it'll just be, they, they'll be just phased out. They'll just dissolve. Well, if the idea behind selling the majority stake is that you sit in there, you've made your money back tenfold anyway, and you exactly. sit there and you go, well, look, we've made our money back, and they take a 40% risk on something. They take a gamble. Where do you say our 40% is what the big... You could sell 70% of the... Oh, company. no, but what I'm saying to you is the percentage that's left, they can take that percentage of a gamble where they say it's worth X amount, and... We think down the road it could go up. At the same time, it's going to cost an awful lot more to make, well, you know, and, and that's where they, they turn around and get their money. If if how we think, or who's rumored to be in the boy in Liverpool, they don't give a fuck about returns. It's a big play. Well, that's a whole different conversation because I... Yeah, I hate, to, I hate to say it, like, but... And that could be literally just FSG sitting in the background with the TV money going up, going. There you go. Stefan Mac typing in, in the caps in the chat all night, the absolute half spread. Oh, you're a half brain, honest to God. I haven't got a fucking clue <laughs> going on. I've no idea how this is all. Yeah, that, yeah, I only asked your opinion. There you go. Yeah. Um, my opinion. Keith, what do you think will happen? I think partial sale. Now, I think FSG, Sean, did the nail on the head there. Liverpool's a huge, yeah, franchise to have on the portfolio. It's it's a money making machine. These are these are blade and venture capitalists that bought Liverpool for what four hundred million, and it's now worth three four billion. They don't need to sell it. They just probably need investment to push the club on because they can't compete with the oil states. And I think 
you know, a, a percentage sale of Liverpool, it's not a percentage sale of FSG. It, it'll be a small part of FSG, if anything. And it'll be Liverpool getting in the new owners. I think it'll be a controlling owner as well. I think it'll be American, and that's going to fucking annoy everybody. But I think it'll be American ownership. And I think it happens by the summer. I don't think it happens anytime soon. I think it's, it, I don't, there's too much going on. Man United as well talks of that. Unless you're getting bought, I think, by, um, by Middle East money. You know where money is no object? I don't think it'll happen quickly. Or the Chelsea thing, even the Chelsea thing dragged its arse out, you know what I mean? I think it'll be a, a summer thing. I think it'll be a percentage. I agree, it could be a high 70%, but there's no way FSG will give up um, Liverpool. And I'd say the same thing about Manchester United and the Glazers, you know what I mean? American owners, we see in American sports, we all watch American sports, whether it be NFL or NBA. You get a club, it's hard to buy a club, especially in the NFL. They don't come up that often. Do you know what I mean? And once you have them, they don't relinquish them. And you're seeing these American owners cronky at Arsenal, um, the Glazers at Manchester United, and all the other ones that are in there. Once they get a Premier League club, because of the TV money, success doesn't really matter, let's be honest. It, it It's not the be-all and end-all. It's the TV money that's fucking huge in Liverpool and Premier League teams. And I think FSG will happily take a back seat in this just to keep it part of their, their empire for the time being until the time comes that somebody says, all right, well, we want the boy as out. That's mm-hmm. fine. But I think they're looking to get somebody in who's going to give a cash injection for transfers that's going to going to pay for this new uh, rebuild that we need. Does, um, um, can I just ask, does, uh, does a partial sale limit the amount of people that we can be sold to? Do you, do you see FSG selling a majority share to Middle Eastern uh, consortium? Don't see I'm not too sure if a Middle Eastern owner would come in and take partial ownership of Liverpool. Yeah. And and listen, that's based on nothing. It's just what I think they like to come in and they like to own it and and that's theirs. And I don't know how well it works. (coughs) If it's a partial sale, maybe they have better relations with Americans that they know, that they they maybe compete against, they they know, and that might be the... I'm I'm not too sure what way it goes. I just don't want to be state-owned under any circumstances. And people will tell me I'm wrong and that's absolutely fine. I may be but I don't want Liverpool to be state-owned. I said it on a podcast. I gave out for about 10 minutes. Poor Kev had to listen to me. Um, but I just don't want them to be state-owned. Um, I just think the the fabric of a Liverpool football club is not to be state-owned. And I still have a huge problem with the narrative, um, whether you like FSG or not. And I'm still not, I'm still not on board with the narrative that Liverpool should pull themselves into line with the likes of Man City instead of Man City having to be pulled into line with Liverpool regarding spending and stuff like that. Yes, there could be a middle ground where City should be spending less or Newcastle in the future or, or PSG and there is a, nar- a narrative where Liverpool should be spending more and you meet them somewhere in the middle but I don't understand why Liverpool, as great as a club it is, should have to pull themselves into line with what I consider to be cheating within the world of football financially. Um, on, on sale or no sale... <coughs> I think they sell the whole lot. I think they sell the whole lot. I think somebody is going to come along with a mad amount of money for Liverpool Football Club. And I'm only basing it 
on what you've just said, it's hard to get hold of a Premier League football club. It's also hard to get hold of an NFL team or indeed an NBA team. And at the moment, there's rumours going around about NBA teams. Um, so one setting up in Vegas or something, I think. Yeah. yeah. And That's then you the have, talk, yeah. then and you have the likes of. Is going to be heavily involved in that. Yeah, 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 yeah but but the own he, NBA team. he was involved in uh, FSG. You know yeah. what I mean? It, they, all the stars are aligning for that. But that's what I'm saying. So the, the the opportunity, that window opportunity, might only be there. Paul Smith wants uh, state or sovereign f- uh, funded ownership. Yeah, me and Paul um, kind of went back and forward to the night on that. Uh, Gav City aren't getting pulled into line, says John. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to say to you. They're not getting pulled into line. The narrative now is is that Liverpool should go and do what City do in order to compete and we, we've spent years asking what the fuck is going on with City um, but now it just seems to be just you know if you can't beat them join them which is just not right for me I think they sell the whole lot though I think and I'm only thinking that because the amount of money they would get to Liverpool for Liverpool club will put them in a huge position to go into NBA or NFL a huge fucking position and at the end of the day they're Americans and they own an ice hockey team and I think even NASCAR and stuff like that but NBA or NFL is just cherry on top stuff. It's it's dreams, you know what I mean. So um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But behind it all, whatever happens, happens. I just want Liverpool to go out in January and strengthen, and I want them to sign Joe Bellingham in the summer because I'm fully invested now because I feel sorry for Trent and uh, Hendo of all their work yeah. uh, comes to nothing. But look, we could be sitting here in a week's time and something else has come out and you're kind of going, no, they're not selling at all or there's a partial sale or whatever it might be. But we'll have to see as it goes. Um, Emmy, anything else before we go? Just to point out, and I think you pointed out when you went on your mad rant, stay owned. You're not, harsh you're calling not, it that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not just talking about Middle East. It's any state. Oh, any state, yeah. yeah like people yeah. thought I was um, just being against Middle East. Exactly, no, yeah. I don't want fucking Norway owning it. I don't want yeah. Ireland owning it. I just yeah. don't want to be state owned. Yeah, yeah it's 100%. Um, Keith, anything else before we go? No, good show. Enjoyed that. Nice little chat. Yeah. What music have you been with this week? Anything? Uh, what have we been listening to? Real sober um, stuff, I'd say, because you haven't been well. I've been sick, yeah. I've been, I've been Moby. What have I been listening to? Um... Oh, do you know, I've listened to a lot of the Beatles, actually, this right. week. You always end up going back to the Beatles, do you know yeah. what I mean? Is that um, the John Lennon anniversary? John Lennon anniversary, and I was telling, you know, I had me kids listening to it and all that, so yeah. Were I you, sitting, to a were lot you of... sitting listening to, like, an album with reading Catcher in the Roy or anything like that? Or... Oh, no, 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 I didn't. No, no, I was, I was explaining to my daughter, right, she's only six, but she's a little bollocks, like, she loves listening to things, and if you tell her something, she remembers, so... You know, I told her John Lennon, this is, he got, he got shot by uh, a fella who was a fan. And he just mentioned was, his who, name. Uh, but he was reading Catching the Roy, wasn't he? Yeah, Catching the Roy, yeah. Which was a yeah, mad book. We read it in school and you were reading it going, that fella Chapman yeah. was mad reading this. Mad, Do you know what the last thing was John Lennon said? Imagine. Is this a joke now or is this real? <laughs> no, it's real. What did he say? The last thing John Lennon said, says, is that a real gun? <laughs> you can't say that, Johnny. <laughs> He's not watching dead years. <laughs> on, John you? Lennon was not watching it, not gonna take me up on it. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the Beatles watch this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was a big, was a big fan, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> what, what, what was your kid doing, Keith? 
No, no, she just loves listening to all them little stories and she'll tell you now about John Lennon and his fan that killed him because he was a stalker and all that. She just loves listening to... She's me little muse, you know what I mean? Like, I'd listen to music and uh, I'd have, like, Joy Division or something on and she'd be there, who's that? And they'd be telling her about Joy Division and she'll remember that, you know what I mean? So yeah. she soaks up a lot of the stuff. The Unflit, he takes it in as well, but not as much um, as her. She seems yeah. to be the one that's... Uh, yeah. Going to be the one listening to this show. Olivier says, Catherine the Roy is one of the most overrated books of all time. It's absolutely shy, the Catherine the Roy is. We have to read it for a leaving cert. And like, we only read it because the fella that killed John Lennon read it. And we we're like reading it going, This fucking like shy book, don't read it. It's crap. Oh, well, was this supposed to be some sort of like motivation for him to do us? Ah, this is not that. He was just mad, the fella. Um, Shawnee, anything yeah. else before we go? Any more yeah, John Lennon death jokes? No, do you know what? It make us all feel better. I watched yesterday. It's a fucking brilliant film. Are right. uh, oh, the Beatles? It's basically the war gets amnesia and forgets the Beatles exist. Yeah. And oh yeah, and your man singing these songs. I, I have yeah, seen it. It's yeah, brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And there's a brilliant twist in it. Um, at the back end, so I won't, I won't ruin it. But yeah. uh, okay, I'm a big Beatles fan. I, uh, I'm not helping me help yourself by saying this here. Lennon was my least favourite beat. Like uh, when I watched the Apple documentary, I thought he was an absolute tosser. Uh, yeah. It turned out that he was. But big George Harrison fan. Uh, yeah, I like George no, Harrison. Yeah. No George Harrison jokes. Is is that the the Beatles to get back one on Disney Plus? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he came cool. across all right, and I have to say, better than I expected yeah. him to. Him and Yoko, uh, he was just mad into horde and just played and yeah. didn't want to know. He seemed to be the only one who gave a bollocks towards the back end of it all. Yeah, um, he was motivator, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. But now right. it's like I think it's it's just like there's a good nine hours of footage. Um, if you are mad into the Beatles, it's it's well worth to watch. I only Brilliant, came out around yeah. this time last year, um, and yeah. it's good. It's also making the Abbey Road album. Uh, which is legendary in its own way, but yeah, if I uh, if I hurt the feelings of any uh, John Lennon enthusiasts, I, I'm, <laughs> he, I'm very sorry. He's very sorry. Apologise for that one. Uh, right, um, rest of the week we're doing the winners and losers. Tomorrow it's going to be World Cup teams, so the World Cup winners and losers. Uh, the two semi-finals are on this week, aren't they? Are they on the same day? Tuesday well, and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. So do we uh, uh, seven o'clock both of them? Yeah. Yeah. So who's fancy for it? Kevin, well, Kevin, Chris are going to do watch alongs for both of them. I done the one last night for the England. It was deadly. Uh, we had a lovely time doing it. Um, oh, rest of the week then. So that's that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday sorted. We'll sort something out for Thursday or Friday. Next Sunday though, next Sunday is going to be um a bumper one World because World it's the final, la- isn't it? What? It's the World Cup final at three o'clock next Sunday. Um, so we we look to do a show at ten o'clock. We'll sort it out, but we will have as much as we can during the week for you. So like and subscribe and all that messing. Um, go on, give us your final lineup, Keith. Then for the World Cup, where we're here. I I just want Messi to win it. That's all I want. Do you know what I mean? I'm. But who do you see in the in final, Keith? Uh, I see Argentina and France. No, do you know what? Fuck it, Morocco. Fair play, the first African team to get to the semi-finals. Can they do France? Why not? Because they've done everyone fucking else. But a glorious defeat in the final to Messi. That's how I see it going. Um, okay. That's all Sean, I want to see. Shawnee loves their style of play, I have to say. Don't you, Shawnee? Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't, much have to, I don't have much time by bleeding France either. I thought England were a far better side last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were dug out big time by the ref as well. Um, England can be count themselves fairly unlucky. I know there wouldn't be many England fans in the chat, but 
I'm not a big fan of Southgate either, but I actually thought he showed a bit of stones last night and actually went for it. We played the back four, and I thought he were progressive enough. Thought to, to create like I don't know. I don't, I'm not mad on this France team. I think Uba Makano was terrible, and I think yeah. Frank nearly got that. Loris is garbage um, as well. I just think it's kind of a not that it's written in the stars because you could have had the same narrative with with Brazil in terms of what's happening with Paul Pele at the moment. But yeah, uh, it, Argentina looked like Messi and ten bastards, but now it's. Argentina are 11 bastards and one of them is named yeah. Messi who was willing to do one. What um, a tournament. What a tournament yeah, for the books that I was. Thought were, <sighs> I thought they were far superior to the Netherlands the other night. They just kind of... Just rocked for 10 minutes, didn't they? Yeah, look, and you know what? It's for, for all that's been said about this World Cup off the pitch, um, I think the football has been fucking brilliant, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think I think it's... I think France just edged Morocco. I think France have seen what Morocco can do. And I think people have underestimated Morocco, but I don't think France will. I agree with you, though, on the centre-halves. I think the centre-halves are poor for France. Um, and that may be where Morocco love to get some joy. Um, There's both injured. I didn't need the Moroccans. Yeah, so Ar- went off. Argentina, Croatia. Tough game. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think Brazil have more about them collectively going forward than Argentina do. Yeah, but they've now bollocks. But Croatia... Yeah, no, but that, I know that. But what I'm saying is, but Croatia still got them. I think Croatia would deal with Argentina better than the Asia than they would deal with Brazil. I think... I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a rerun in the 2018 Argentina, final. Argentina will scrap Croatia, which is not yeah. what Croatia would want. Yeah. And I think... They, I think, like... No offence, I never saw a team led by Richardson winning the World Cup. Yeah. I just didn't... I didn't see it because he's no stones. He's no, he's won nothing in his career. Neymar like, the same as well. I, I, I think I think it's a rerun of the, the last final, 2018. Yeah, I know it would be fucking. Oh, do you think so, France? Yeah, Croatia? yeah. I don't know. Keith's going I, mad. I'm about to say that now. Look, look. fucking <laughs> seeding. Like, there like, there's been big letoffs in the tournament when when results have went away. But you can say like. Argentina look like that. That's strictly business. Uh, yeah. So Keith Joe going. I think, I think the big fella in goal is fucking deadly. I think he's close. Emmy. Yeah. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He's the difference, and we said that a long time ago. Actually, we said it on this show when they won the Copa last year. He was the difference that he had a keeper like that, and just look at the reaction of Messi after the penalties. Forget about all the nonsense about the RG celebrating in their face. Which, by the way, they were right because the Dutch were pricks in the whole lot of that penalty. Yeah, but the whole game was they were being pricks. Everyone yeah, was being pricks. That's hilarious. Oh. Messi football. runs yeah, over. That's what, that's it was what about. it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But Messi runs straight over to Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez is on the deck, and Messi straight over. He's the only one that Messi went. knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Messi knows the script. You need to have a keeper to have a chance of winning. You can't do it if you've got a shit keeper. And I think Croatia not being look. I think they have been very lucky. I think they've done. They've got penal yeah, shootouts and they've done well. Really to, well, the right. Lot. So hold on, Keith. You're going Argentina, France. Argentina, Emma. I'm going Argentina, France with Argentina winning. Shani? Argentina, France. I'm going Croatia, France. Uh, I am. Croatia, France. Croatia have only beaten one team. Yeah. And that's Canada. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, you know. Some of the, like, despite that, that, that showy football, some of the lads from Morocco have really impressed. Uh, just, not, just not to fell in midfield, you said, is a can of piss. <laughs> yeah, I don't, honestly, I think... 
He'd be like the Salif Joe. You'd be getting hooked in by buying him, honestly. <laughs> oh, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. Did he play in England before? No, no, his brother. Where did he play for? Watford. Watford. Do you know what, boys? I might be mistaken in them for I'm about to play. That's the wrong one. Well, everyone was watching the World Cup, Sean. He was watching Watford TV and said, That's not a kind of piss. Come here, can I ask you something? I want to ask you something before I go, right? Because I asked Sean this the other week when we were on the Xbox. But is there anything you used to be really good at and you find yourself getting worse at it as you go along? Now, don't be don't be real about it. Right? Is there anything? Is there anything you find where you are? Oh, I used to be good at this. Now I'm terrible at it. Yeah, football. No, apart from football, is there anything? Anything? Anything day to day where you think I'm really going poor at this? Uh, can I throw, Can I tell you what it was? Start off. Yeah, start right, off. I've asked this question because I feel that I've really got bad at butter and bread. But is that you or is it the butter? No, the, the no, I think it's me because, to be honest with you, I stick to the same butter, right? And the same knives are in the fucking press. Is it real butter? Draw. No, we we have normal, we've butter and we've real butter. Both. You know, one's in the fridge, one's in the press. The real butter stays in the press, right? Because you don't put it in the fridge. But I just feel when I go to butter anything now, it's like my bottle is gone. It's like oh, my confidence is gone. It's getting in your right? head. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually, when I'm taking the butter out now, I'm like, should that knife be on a bit of this angle or that angle? So should I worry about it? It's probably the first question. And is there anything that you do around the house or anything where you go, Jesus, Gab, you're onto something because I'm gone terrible at this. Just hard ashes. You should Morris. use a spoon instead of a knife. Well, you see, in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of delicatessens, they use a big spoon and the back of the big spoon, and I might even go to that. But then I feel like I'm I'm shitting out on it. Then I should really just stick with it to make it get better. Yeah. If, if <laughs> but genuinely, I'm buttering bits of bread now, and it looks bread, like the fucking faux pas. Yeah, but I'm, I'm buttering I'm buttering bits of bread now, and it looks like the fucking face of the meal when it's finished. You know what I mean? There's holes and all it. So I just wanted to see if you was... Well, it makes it feel any better, Gav. I'm left-handed and all the knives are right-handed knives and I've never been able to... <laughs> a right-handed knife. Maybe that... I'd say they've switched all the fucking knives to left-handed and my gaff to annoy me. That's, That's what it could be. That's Just what it could be. I'd be taking lumps out of things. There'd be nothing left. There'd be like a bit of Swiss cheese by the time... <laughs> yeah, the bread is being fucking bits. Oh, I've even gone that far now. Is the bread too fresh? No. I'll tell you what I've even gone to now. I've gone to uh, buying batch bread, which I love. Right, buying batch bread, toasting it, and buttering it because you can't really go wrong because it goes kind of hard when you when you toast batch bread. So yeah, I'm trying to, you know, like go back to basics and get a bit of confidence in myself with the batch. And I might go back to the slice pan at some stage. But um, is the yeah. butter too hard? No, no, the butter's grand. So I've checked. The bread is grand. The butter's grand. The knife is grand. It's just you. That's a you problem, Gav. Yeah. yeah, I reckon it might be the angle of the knife. I reckon I might have the angle, the knife too upright. I need to. I need to kind of turn her over a little bit. Um, get yourself to like here. You can get the plastic ones that have a big head on them. Right. Big knives. I made a plastic. Oh, yeah, but hold on a minute. Like, oh, I'm, I'm battered up. But listen. I know. It's, it's, 2022. <laughs> it's 2022. I'm fairly sure, and I mean this when I say it, there's definitely a tutorial of some fella buttering bread on YouTube. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. going to look her up now. And, and, and imagine it, it's it's in the high, high hundred thousands in the viewers. No yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> Yeah, and be yeah, well, sixty-two thousand. And if there's not, and if there's not, there's definitely a niche there. Yeah, because uh, 
Like, yeah, it could be on to something. Do you know, like the way it, people, not the way people at the start of the year take a picture of themselves and they're like, "Look at me, I'm not in the best of shape." And then they give said they put a picture each day. I could do it, but I just butter a slice of bread every day in video, and you can see the progression throughout the year. Boil your kettle, dip your knife into the boiling fucking, water, fucking pat the baker, oh, truck outside the door. What you say? There's a, that's a life hack. Boiled it. What you say? Boil your kettle. Dip your knife into the boiling water, into the butter, soft bang. Put your bread. But you see, I can't believe what talking about the merits of I'm not even looking for a hack. This is easy. I'm not even looking, but I'm not even looking for a hack where it's a solution. I just. I'm looking to get back into my old form when it comes to butter the bread. Like I don't know how you're falling over. He's I don't like, either way. Like when he had to reinvent the swing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when Harrington won all those majors in 2007, eight, and then just redone himself. And like Getting 10 years later, he's walking around with bleeding. Remember, he was wearing mad goggles and fucking tinfoil hats for Patrick Harrington. But listen, I I'd don't know. never be able to butter a slice of bread again now without this being a moist Yeah, yeah no, I'm going to be you know guessing ourselves. I'm going in now and I'm going to make, I'm going to try butter a bit of bread and I'm going to see what happens. But every day now when I'm making the kids, you know, the kids' uh, lunches. I'm literally nervous to be fucking gone. I, but anyway, uh, if anyone has any solution to that, let me know. The lads haven't come forward. They're deadly at everything. They haven't um, declined. Story before we go. Yeah. There was loads of us in the gaff, as you know. Yeah, uh, loads of lessons. Loud of the brothers. And uh, my brother, Alan, my ma's ma, ma Sunday night would be would be out on the bear. So my ma takes Sunday night and go out on the bear. She used to go up to a place called uh, the Transport Club. Yes. Down in, down in Crumlin. Oh, wow. And uh, she'd obviously, she'd make the sandwiches for the the lads for that going around to the building so it's the next morning. And me ma would butter both sides of every slice of bread. So, Why? The lads, yeah, the lads would be, you know me ma would be bleeding, steaming drunk out of the hand. <laughs> and he used to come in and the sandbows be mashed like that and they'd be buttered on all sides. So, <laughs> The bit where you're putting your hand yeah. would literally be fucking covered in butter as well. <laughs> it was a good way to stop cunts from having your lunch. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. I end up with butter all out of my hands. Yeah. That, 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 that's always what used to happen in my gaff. Yeah, well, there you go. Look, like, if, I, if I can't put that one side, so like none of the losses yeah, be getting lunch on me. Not, definitely not <laughs> two sides. Anyway, anyway, um, sorry for taking up eight to nine minutes of your time with that. Um, that has been the fat back four. As I said, hit like now or on your way out, oh. wherever it might be. Why wouldn't um, you? Why wouldn't you after that? Um, <laughs> uh, winners and losers tomorrow. Uh, World Cup watch alongs Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll try to a quiz, draft, whatever we can. Thursday, Friday. We should be back here next Sunday, but next. Sunday, I really want to do something big with loads of people on screen, um, because it will be the last fat back for uh, before Christmas. But we'll work on that as the week goes on. Keith, Emma, Shawnee, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks everyone in the chat. Always a great bit of crack as well. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Podcast Network.